You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. A'uzu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the show, uh, the Voice of Islam. You are listening to myself, Daniel Ahmed. My name is Daniel Ahmed, and in this show, we will explore, examine, discuss, and talk about uh, two specific topics. Um, the number one uh, topic will be clean slate, fresh slate, New Year, New Order. And the second topic will be philosophy on the plate, Islamic wisdom meet food for thought on food. But before that, we will, um, in the first half an hour, we will get to, uh, we got through headlines, weather and some sports maybe. And so the weather regarding today is that or for the days coming uh, later in the day in the week is like that today and today um, any wintry showers will gradually clear through the southwest leaving a mix of cloud and bright spells uh, cloudy for most northern eastern courts uh, with some drizzle plenty of winter sunshine elsewhere tonight most eastern coasts of England, northeast Scotland and the northern isles will see plenty of cloud along with light showers, staying clear in southeast England and elsewhere in the UK. Tomorrow, many areas will see cloud drift in from the northeast along with some light showers. For northeast England and southeast Scotland, brighter in the far south and far northwest. An outlook for Thursday to Saturday. Uh, on Thursday, a largely cloud and dry day with the best of any brightness to be found in far western areas and northern Ireland. Slightly milder in the south. Another settled and mostly cloudy day on Friday, but uh, northwest uh, Scotland could see a few spells of rain in the evening. Variable cloud for most on Saturday with some wintry showers in the far north of Scotland. So that was a brief um, outlook for for the day, for the coming days, uh, a weather uh, for the UK and. Uh, um, I think uh, living here in London um, for the stuff for the first time, uh, I've seen um, a kind of uh, snowy drizzle uh, yesterday, and it was kind of fun. But um, um, there wasn't any heavy snow, um, uh, likewise. But anyways, we will now delve into the headlines um, of the past week and um, the newspaper headlines uh, from the BBC um, states that clear postmasters and new energy humiliation 
and many of Tuesday's front pages lead with the latest on the post office scandal which saw hundreds of sub-postmasters wrongly convicted of fraud because faulty software made it look like money was missing. The Guardian says ministers are drawing up urgent plans to overturn the convictions as soon as possible so victims can get quicker access to millions of pounds in compensation. The paper quotes Prime Minister Rishi Sunak saying that people should know that we are on it and want to make it right. The Times says that four years after the scandal was exposed, only, 90, uh, only 93 of 900 wrongful convictions have been overturned. It says that two former Justice Secretaries, Sir Robert um, Buckland and uh, Lord uh, Falconer, have called on the government to fast-track legislation to quash the remaining convictions and that Postal Affairs Minister Kevin told MPs on Monday that they should ex- uh, they should expect an update later this week. Former Minister David uh, Davis has accused the police of failing to deliver over the scandal, according to the Daily Express. Over the weekend, the Metropolitan Police announced that it was investigating the police uh, that it was investigating the post office over potential fraud offences. The Metro says more than a million people have signed a petition calling for Paula Venels, uh, who was uh, chief executive of the post office at the time of the scandal, to be stripped of her CBE. The paper says that um, that she left the role with a five million pounds payout just months before a court told the police uh, on the post office to pay 58 million pounds to 555 victims. Downing Street has said uh, Mr. Sunak would strongly support an investigation into uh, whether Ms. Venels should be asked to forfeit the honour, according to the Daily Mail. The paper also pictures Sir Ed Davy, who was Postal Affairs Minister at the time of the scandal, and says he has refused to step aside as leader of the Liberal Democrats. The headline reads, Shameless. The eye says um, that the IT company that developed the software that caused the post office scandal has been awarded an extension to a 19 million pound government contract for running England's flood alert system. The paper says that the system is relied upon by hundreds of thousands of households and that MPs have called for the firm to receive no new contracts with the government. Channel 4 has criticized a decision by media regulator Ofcom to appoint four white directors to the uh, broadcaster's board, the Daily Telegraph reports. The paper says Culture Secretary, Secretary Lucy Fraser has approved five new, mon- five new non-executive directors, but that only one is from an ethnic minority. 
the move will leave the board with 15 members of whom 50, 14 will be white the paper courts and an internal memo written by sir ayn um, Cheshire, the chairman of channel 4 which says that these appointments will improve representation on the board but do not yet meet the levels of uh, representation throughout the rest of the organization the sun leads with claims that prince andrew bill clinton and sir rich uh, and sir richard benson appeared in sex tapes filmed by financier jeffrey epstein uh, the paper says the claims detailed in unsealed court documents uh, were made by um, Epstein accuser Sarah Ransom but adds that she um, later retracted them. The claims are described as a new Andrew humiliation by Daily Mirror. The paper says Miss Ransom um, has admitted to making up the claims and quotes royal sources saying that they should that uh, they show the duke has been targeted with malice but adds that the episode will pile pressure on the king to ex his disgraced brother from public life the financial times um, reports that investors are warning governments around the world over unmoored levels of public debt saying that borrowing um, pledges ahead of the dozens of elections set to take place globally this year risk sparking a bond market backlash in courts one analyst mm, from British American Asset Managed Group uh, Janice uh, Henderson saying that um, deficits are out of control and that there is no mechanism for, for bringing them back under control. So, and the last is that uh, the Daily Star says the launch of a rocket mission that was carrying the ashes of some of the original series of Star Trek hit a little bit of a snag after a rather illogical technical issue. And so many of Tuesday's front um, pages um, lead with the latest uh, on the post office scandal um, which saw hundreds of um, sub-postmasters wrongly convicted of fraud because faulty software made it look like money was missing and uh, the Guardian says that the government is scrambling to clear the postmasters, uh, postmasters uh, who have been wrongly convicted national uh, revulsion is build, is building according to the Daily Mail which uh, questions why the former post office boss um, Paula Venels is as it puts it clinging to her CBC CBE a source has told the Times that very um, damning undercover recordings of Miss Venels um, and other post office leaders have been sent to the public inquiry into the scandal. She has previously apologized and says she is co uh, cooperating with the inquiry. 
the daily telegraph says that the government is considering forcing the company behind the horizon software to cover the costs of millions of pounds of compensation but according to the i it's uh, it's already been awarded another government contract worth 19 million pounds this time to run england's flood alert system writing in the daily uh, express um, conservative M mp <coughs> sir david davis says the scandal has ruined lives and that the public is now demanding uh, a solution to the terrible injustice the males richard uh, little john uh, highlights the failure of um, the failure of uh, uh, liberal democrat uh, democrat leader sir ed david to take action while he was the post office minister sir uh, sir ed david um, says that the post office lied to him on an industrial scale <coughs> um gabby uh, Hensliff is the Guardian. Uh, in the Guardian, says that none of the major political parties has clean hands before pol before posing the question of whether that's why they have not made a crusade of the issue. Elsewhere, the Mirror says uh, Prince uh, Andrew is facing new humiliation after claims that. Uh, financial Jeffrey Epstein made ex uh, explicit worries of him resurfaced in court documents. <clears throat> the paper's opinion writer says that while the allegations appear to be false, they reinforce Prince Andrew's position as the royal family's uh, archer's heels. The time claims that uh, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak overruled uh, plans drawn up by the Home Office to close dozens uh, more hotels for immigrants. The paper says that the decision taken in the autumn has left taxpayers paying up to £1.5 million a day for thousands of empty um, beds. Mr. Sunak is understood to have been concerned about the political damage that could be caused if the hotels had to be reopened for migrants this summer. Downing Street says it doesn't recognize the claims and the Telegraph has been um, has seen uh, documents showing that Channel 4 has uh, launched a protest against the appointment of four white directions uh, to its board. They were approved by the uh, Culture Secretary uh, Lucy yesterday and uh, in an internal memo seen by the paper, the channel's chair, Sir Ian Cheshire, uh, says that while the appointments improve represent representation on the board, they don't meet the organization's overall targets. The board will now have 15 members, 14 of whom will be white. Uh, the, the government said the direction, the directors had been selected by the media regulator Ofcom after a fair and open uh, competition. And most the back pages marked the deaths of uh, J.P.R. Williams 
and friends the telegraph says uh, sport is mourning to legends the metro bids farewell to uh, Derek Kessel calling um, Germany's greatest footballer while the Guardian describes JPR Williams as a true giant of rugby so these were the high headlines um, of the um, past uh, few days and uh, the weather update as well for the coming days um, please uh, if you want to ask any question if you have any question you can ask us by calling at 020-868-7878 or you can tweet us at Voice of Islam UK or either you can go to our website www.voiceofislam.co.uk uh, With this we will end our uh, segment of um, headlines and weather update and we will take a short break and after the break uh, we will delve into a very exciting uh, and new topic um, which is uh, new year new orders new resolutions and how to you know keep a balance into our life um, please do tune in after the break uh, we will take a short break persecuted for your beliefs jailed for your faith and exiled from your homeland but you refuse to turn to bitterness or vengeance. Instead, His Holiness has emerged as a leader of wisdom and compassion, a champion of nonviolence among nations. No society can truly succeed unless it guarantees the rights of all of its peoples, including religious minorities. Whether they're Ahmadiyya, Muslims in Pakistan, or Baha'i in Iran, or Coptic Christians in Egypt. I would like very much to confirm my support for the work that His Holiness and the Amity Muslim community are doing, particularly in London. Even I didn't know when I was elected, then my name even will be proposed. The election is the same as the Pope is elected, but without smoke. I know you are a regular uh, visitor and speaker to parliaments and assemblies around the world, whether it's the US Congress or the, or the European Parliament. Let it be clear that I am not speaking in support or favor of any particular individual country. What I wish to say is that all forms of cruelty, wherever they exist, must be eradicated and stopped, regardless of whether they are perpetrated by the people of Palestine, the people of Israel, or the people of any other country. In this we are allied with His Holiness, a courageous champion of religious freedom and of peace. I'm very glad that the movement like yours will do something to correct this image. Islam means peace. I should thank Your Holiness for your highly enlightened sermon, not only for the Ahmadis, but I would say for all mankind. Love for all and hatred for none. And this message not only for Muslims, but for everybody. You were a man 
though of humble beginnings, your leadership has made you a figure of global prominence, and you have become a guide for millions of Muslims worldwide. Writings of the Promised Messiah, alayhi salam. It should be remembered that God Almighty, by demanding faith in the unseen, does not wish to deprive the believers of certainty of understanding the divine. Indeed, faith is a ladder for arriving at the certainty of understanding, without which it is vain to seek true understanding. Those who climb this ladder surely experience for themselves the pure and undefiled spiritual verities when a sincere believer accepts divine commands and directions for the only reason that God Almighty has bestowed upon him through a righteous bearer, he becomes deserving of the bounty of understanding. That is why God Almighty has established a law for his servants, that they should first acknowledge him by believing in the unseen, so that all the problems they face may be resolved through the bounty of true understanding. But it is a pity that a hasty one does not adopt these ways. Writings of the Promised Messiah on one occasion, this humble one saw, in a state of vision, Surah Al-Fatiha written on a piece of paper, which was in my hand, and the writing was so beautiful and attractive, as if the paper on which it was written was loaded with soft rose petals beyond count. As I recited the verses of the Surah, many of these rose petals flew upwards, producing a sweet musical sound. The flowers were very delicate, large, beautiful, fresh, and full of fragrance. As they ascended, my heart and mind were perfumed with their fragrance, and I felt so intoxicated that the delight that I had experienced turned my heart completely away from the world and all that is in it. This vision indicates that the rose has a special spiritual affinity with Surah Al-Fatiha. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. A new station, the Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the Voice of Islam. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to Breakfast Show on Voice of Islam Radio. Uh, before the break, we were discussing um, the headlines of the week, the weather update, and uh, now we will, in this segment, we will discuss and delve into New Year or New Order. Or um what resolution have you made or should we make or either we can say that how we can you know in this new year uh, while making uh, different resolutions uh, how can we um, keep balance between our work life and our um, family life or other kind of lives so now the gist of the story is as like this 
that as the new year commences, we re-evaluate our life and strive for stability. In the light of um, January being get a balanced life month and get organized month, uh, we will delve into these big goals. So there will be some um, regarding this discussion points as well, but also we will uh, be joined by our um, very esteemed guest as well, who will you know enlighten us more um, regarding our um, segments and our um, topics. But before that, we will just briefly go through what um uh, the balances and how should you know we keep balance in our life and uh, uh, in every day's um, life um, there's a lot of hustle and bustle going on and one kind of you know diverts uh, away from uh, his daily life and kind of you know start doing a thing for a diff for a few days then get distracted by some other um, things in his in his life or in her in, in her life but there should be some you know kind of uh, I should say tricks or uh, things which kind of you know can make a man um, in such a way that you know he can keep a balance in his in or in his or in her life so what is meant by balance for example so balancing living balanced living means like uh, achieving optimal health in all aspects of your life as ha as i have told before and for example relationships uh, work fitness health or and emotional happiness and um, the term work life balance um, originated in the 1980s in the UK during the uh, women's liberation movement and uh, focusing on achieving a healthy lifestyle by regulating uh, regularly exercising and eating uh, nutritional foods is fantastic for your body but it is also important to you know uh, practice good mental health and emotional health and you need to recharge and rejuvenate your body physically and mentally because mm, both have a, a very psychological or either you can say a, a very deep connection between each other which impacts you know each other and uh, you know, for example if your physical body is fit it will help you mentally and also physically or spiritually uh, same goes with uh, spirituality or mental health if they are perfect they're gonna affect your physical appearance as well uh, for example um, a person hasn't slept all night um, obviously the effects of those you will see on on his or her, her, her eyes and there's an apparent you know um, uh, effect of that so um, it's a very simple formula that both things impact or uh, each other and so that's why we need to recharge our body both physically and mentally and enjoy some your time uh, I think is the best thing uh, which we can do because our body has a right on us as well although our family members our society our relatives our um, there are many other responsibilities which which have a right on us and we have to fulfill those rights but our body also has a right 
because if you are not strong or fit enough then you obviously won't be able to uh, discharge your responsibilities uh, which is due on you uh, regarding your fellow human beings or you can say your relatives or your parents or whatever so it is really important uh, to um, to also look after your body as well so um, um, the next question arises that how to get organized then um, then obviously organized uh, we look into the definition of organized it means that arranged or structured uh, in in a, uh, in a uh, systematic way or be able to plan one's own activity efficiently so that's really important for example kind of we if we have to do three or four tasks in a day we kind of get confused sometimes that you know it's kind of um, really difficult for me to you know do three or four tasks in a day in the whole day but if we if we look um, um, at all the things all the tasks which we are assigned and write them uh, them down uh, on a sheet of paper for example and for example you say that i have to give number one task i have to give uh, for example one to two hours uh, to th that task then the next task will I'll, i will do in after for example 30 minutes i will take a short break and for that task i will you know give for example half an hour so if you manage in a, such a way and you try to you know discipline your life then obviously you um you can you know get um your life can be more productive i would say and um, if there is a mismanagement uh, if there is chaos uh, between uh, doing your task uh, that you know, then it you know kind of get you know uh, there won't be any any productivity you or benefit you will get uh, from doing those tasks in a very chaotic way so we should need to focus on what's important and there is one more thing um, you know I, I sometimes you know feel or personally obviously as obviously as well that what happens is that sometimes people get you know motivated uh, for over a day for a few days or for a week and um, but after that um, they kind of you know um, get off the track but you know but to achieve uh, living a balanced life one is to you know have a discipline in life and sometimes you don't feel like doing it but you have to you know keep pushing yourself to not only achieve but uh, to maintain a balanced life you have to you know uh, keep your life disciplined uh, right now with us we have our first guest of the show and um, this is um, Mari Todd. Uh, Mari Todd uh, is the road block coach, is an accredited life coach who helps women live a life without limits. Her work has been featured in global and UK outlets such as the um, such as the Telegraph, Hello Magazine, and Stylist. And through her programs, workshops, uh, group courses, she has helped hundreds of women um, journeying from surviving to thriving. Uh, I mean, uh, that's a statement. Um, so, Marie Todd, welcome to the show. Good morning. Peace be on you. Good morning, Ali. Good morning, Ali. Good morning, 
Good morning. I mean, what a, you know, statement <laughs> to end <laughs> the show, yeah? Quite an introduction, isn't Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, just tell us um, for our listeners about yourself and your journey into becoming a, you know, a transformative coach for women. Sure, I'd be happy to. So, my name's Mary. I'm an accredited life coach, and I'm now in my fourth year of owning my coaching practice. Um, but I didn't always do this, so pre- previous to this, I worked in senior management in the beauty industry. And most recently, I was a commercial director of a skincare brand in London. And I guess my journey to becoming a coach, I mean, I'll try and give you the abridged version, the shortened version. <laughs> um, but I think, like a lot of us, I spent my 20s kind of doing what I thought I was supposed to do, you know, trying to tick society's boxes. Um, so I went to uni, I did a medical biology degree, and I started working my way up through my career. Um, but really, the closer, the more boxes I ticked, if you like, the further away from my own personal fulfillment I got. And the thing that really changed things around for me and led me on a different path was actually personal disaster. So. Um, my marriage broke down, it, I was completely heartbroken, bereft, and I, I, pain can be an incredible motivator for positive change, and that's what happened to me. So just kind of getting to that point of, oh my goodness, what is going on here? Mm. I was able to think, um, what is actually going to make me happy? Like, what do what do I want to do? What would be fulfilling? How can I use my gifts and my talents, and how can I actually do good? Like, what does this look like? Um, and that's what led me on the path to studying, um, mm. getting my diploma in coaching, and eventually, here we are. <laughs> mm, yep, really fantastic. So, how do you empower women to to take control of their lives, and what role does you know uh, fulfillment play in the transformative process? I liked what you were just saying before I came on air there when you were talking about discipline and making those tough choices. And there's a mantra that I like to go by, which is easy life, hard Mm. choices. Hard life, easy choices. Yeah, you have to make some choices. You do, you do. You have to, you know, like it's it's things like going to the gym or exercising Mm. in any way. You know, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people do want to do it. But for me personally, I always have to force myself. (laughs) It's never (laughs) something I willingly do. but I do it because I do it for lots of reasons. And one of the main reasons I do it is to keep my promises to myself. Mm. Like I want to keep my word, you know, and I want to show myself that I am actually worth honoring. Mm. So if I've said, right, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to do that, you know, Peloton exercise, then I want to do it because I've said I would, I've promised myself the same way I would for a friend. You know, mm. if a friend said to me, can you meet me at the yoga studio or something? I wouldn't just not go. I wouldn't just not turn up and be like, nah. Hmm. You know, I would always go. So it's the same yeah. thing. I, I keep my promises to myself. So I like what you were saying. I agree with that. <laughs> um, but in terms of, of women, and, you know, this goes for women, men, anyone. Hmm. For me, every client that comes to me, even to, to um, the, like, just to do a clarity call, so not necessarily someone who goes on to become a full client, but every single person that even comes to, you know, start a process and start to change their life Mm. they don't know but they're already coming to me with everything they need 
they already have the magic they already like it's all there all the potential everything they need to achieve whatever it is they're looking for is already within them so really my job my main job as a coach is to help people unlock that hmm. is to help them realize that the resource is already within them and that they can do it and there's lots of reasons why we feel we can't or why we hit roadblocks hmm. um and again that's part of my job is to help each individual understand what is standing in their way hmm. and the interesting thing about fulfillment is so lot you know as you would probably expect lots of clients come to me unhappy with something so it might be like i you know i'm unhappy in my career or you know i'm unhappy in I don't know, this friendship group or I've got a problem, hmm. um, you know, you're talking about time management today. So maybe, you know, I, I find myself procrastinating all the time. This is a real problem for me, etc. It's usually unhappiness they come with. And obviously they want to be happy with it. But what we've discovered during our time together is that happiness as a goal is kind of fruitless hmm. because happiness is an emotion, emotion and all emotions are fleeting. Yep. So making happiness the goal is like making, I don't know, <laughs> it's like trying to catch the wind, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you know, you can, you can grasp at it, but you know, it's going to go, it's going to slip through your fingers. Mm. So what we kind of uncover is that actually the goal, in order to achieve all these external things, like a different job or whatever it is you're going for, you need to focus on within, like, how do you find contentment with yourself? Mm-hmm. how do you find peace with who you are how do you start to understand what gifts you do possess mm-hmm. and make peace with the things that maybe you find more tricky mm-hmm. you know and, and it's about really under, it's like an inside job because self-worth is an inside job mm-hmm. but once you kind of manage that it's so much easier to go forward and achieve all the all the outward stuff all the stuff you see on the surface that becomes a lot easier when you actually love who you are so that's a lot of what I do. Yeah, it's, it's totally perfect. I mean, fantastic. But my question again, um, which comes to my mind, is that, for example, in this whole transformation process, um, what, you know, uh, can keep a person motivated throughout the whole process? Because it's kind of very difficult to stick to certain mm-hmm. process for, for a long time. Absolutely. I guess that's why, I mean, if it were easy to do, we'd all be living our best lives every day, <laughs> right? So, you know, this stuff is hard. Like if you want to, I don't know, like even, you know, starting a business for me, you know, I was a commercial director before. I thought I knew what I was going to be doing. Stepping into entrepreneurship was a whole different ball game. And I've learned things about myself that I did not want to know. But just because you running a business makes you face into these things. So it is tough, you know, and you are going to hit ups and downs. And I think part of the, whatever it is you want to achieve, one of the best things you can do for yourself is accept that discomfort is the goal. Like you must be uncomfortable to achieve new things, right? Your comfort zone is what you know. It's what you're familiar with. It's what you do all the time. That's your comfort zone. So if you are looking to do anything new, it's going to be out with your comfort zone. So if you can set yourself the goal of, right, this is going to be uncomfortable, then doors start to open and it becomes a lot easier. So, you know, exercise, going back to that example, if we all Mm. thought that going to our first exercise class or going to the gym for the first time was going to be a breeze, 
Yep. We're going to get a really rude awakening, right? We're going to be like, that was really hard. I hated that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, if we can set the goal of, okay, I need to go in here mm. and I, I'm making the goal that I'm going to be uncomfortable and in a, in a manageable way. Like, you know, don't push yourself to like the extremes, but this is going to be uncomfortable and that's good. That's the point. That's literally the point of the, the whole thing is to make yourself slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. Because then the next time that level of discomfort is now your comfort zone. And mm. so you stretch yourself a bit more and a bit more. So what I say to clients when they come to work with me is that it's a journey. And mm. like any good journey, there will be points where you're looking at the view, you're appreciating the vista, it's so wonderful. And then there's other points where you're freezing and you just want to go home and get a cup of tea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you embrace the undulations and from the get go, like you must kind of be like, right, I'm on a, I'm on a path here and it's going to be, it's going to have ups and downs. And if it doesn't, I'm not doing it right. Mm. I mean, you have gave a very beautiful example of going to the gym and I can, you know, certainly, certainly, um, uh, think myself that for example, waking up for, for, as a being a Muslim for, for the morning prayer, and yeah. then I have to go after that uh, for sometimes for badminton, and yeah. you, I certainly certainly need motivation for that. <laughs> it's hard, right? Yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> so yeah, I can relate personally myself as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, Mari, my next question to you is that as we are celebrating Get a Balanced Life Month, how do you believe? your coaching programs contribute to um, helping women achieve their balanced life? So, I mean, and again, this applies to women and men, but I think something that I have realized from working with so many brilliant clients is that humans are incredible, right? We can do incredible things. So I really believe that, you know, each individual, you can do anything, but you can't Mm. do everything. And that's the key, isn't it? Like a lack of balance comes when we're trying to be all things to all people. And that's not possible. That, that, you know, it's just not possible. So, and I think you were saying this before as well, is that you have to assess what's important Mm. and you have to make priorities. And that means those tough choices come in. And then back to that whole saying of, you know, if you want an easy life, you're going to have to make hard choices. So one of the first steps for me is looking at or really understanding, okay, what is important to me in my life? Mm-hmm. And either implementing the that as a, a key thing we're going to focus on or key things we're going to focus on in order to thrive or looking at how do I put boundaries in mm-hmm. on these other elements that aren't important to me? You know, how do I put boundaries in so I don't keep getting kind of pulled in and distracted and, you know, end up. It, it's like, I don't know if you've heard the expression, eat the frog. Mm-hmm. So it's like from a management book, but basically it's about your to-do list. Mm-hmm. So if you look at your to-do list and maybe there's one task on there that is really something you don't want to do. Maybe it's a difficult conversation you need to have with someone or maybe it's like a huge Excel spreadsheet and you're like, oh my goodness, I do not want to do that. Whatever it is, right? There's something Mm. on there that you're like, that's (laughs) your frog, right? Now, if you don't eat that frog, you will spend the rest of the day being slower 
at every other task because you don't want to get to the frog, mm. right? So you're mm. going to like the easy stuff, you're going to take a little bit longer to do and you're just going to faff around. But that other stuff isn't important. And all you're doing is prolonging the agony <laughs> of the frog. Mm. So, you know, the eat the frog is a really good um, approach to have every day. Like if you wake up, whatever your frog is, go do it. Mm. Go get it done. And then something physiological happens that you will get this dopamine hit. You will get the neurotransmitter. Dopamine will be released in your brain and you'll feel that success, that achievement. And that sets you up for Mm. a brilliant day. So like you going to badminton, you're getting a dopamine hit, right? You're eating your frog. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think there's lots of little techniques that you could employ, Mm. but really it comes back down to what is important to me because if you know health and prayer is important to you, yeah. then when you wake up and you want to snooze your alarm so badly... Yeah. I mean, you, you need you to know your go, purpose yeah, of the life. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. What's your purpose? Yep. Yeah. And and lastly, um, uh, I wanted to ask you regarding the time management. Uh, you know, everybody knows that it is a key component of a balanced life, but nobody, you know, um, is able to manage their time um, yes. So what strategies or tips do you recommend to help manage our time, you know, effectively? So, so one of the things, time, I, I have a lot of people come to me saying they don't have enough mm. time or an, or not enough balance or not enough money or not enough friends, whatever. When there's a scarcity thing, I would always get curious first and foremost about the root cause. Because you want to, when it comes to time management, you want to treat the cause, not just the symptom. Because you and I and probably all your listeners will know tons of brilliant strategies, brilliant time management strategies, and yet maybe we're not implementing them. So then the question is, well, why not? Or why is this so difficult? And sometimes it's actually not time that's the problem. Maybe there is a fear of something. You know, maybe there is a self-worth issue. Maybe there's a confidence issue. You know, so, you know, you might have, I don't know, maybe one of your friends is like, oh, no, I can't go to badminton. I don't have enough time. And actually, maybe the cause is they used to be super fit and then they, you know, kind of stopped going to exercise. And now they feel a bit bad about themselves and they don't want to embarrass themselves in the badminton court. So they just keep making time as the excuse. Mm. So no amount of time management strategies for that individual is going to solve the problem. Do you know what I mean? So... It's always about really being honest with yourself and saying, what is the root cause? Is it time or is there something else afoot? So that's the first thing I'd look at. The other thing I'd say is sometimes lack of time is also about overthinking. Hmm. Um, so, you know, again, if it's like coming back to that to-do list approach, if you have... 10 frogs on your plate (laughs) 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 you know and you're like what frog do I eat first so again there's little strategies like eat the ugliest one first you know like choose the most repulsive frog and just get it done Um, (laughs) but also if it's not a simple thing like a a to-do list let's say it's um I don't know, let's say it's a difficult conversation you have to have with a friend. Maybe they've hurt your feelings or, you know, mm. something's happened and you need to address something and you keep telling yourself, oh, I just didn't have time. 
oh, I didn't have time today. I don't have time tomorrow. <laughs> that's that's actually nothing to do with time. That is you trying to think your way out of a feeling problem. Mm. And that's impossible. You can't think your way out of a feeling problem. So sometimes time is about sitting down and feeling your feelings and being mm. like, how do I actually feel about this? And what do I need to galvanize in order to feel brave enough to go and do it? Hmm. And then we come into the really simple kind of, um, you know, time management strategies. So things that I do that really help are I time block my calendar. Hmm. So obviously when you have appointments, they go into your calendar, that's fine. But if I have uh, any sort of projects to do, so... For example, um, I might have a social media plan to put together. Hmm. I'll put a block to do that in my calendar. Because hmm. I'm like, right, that's going to get done, you know? Yep. Or actually, a real live example is I need to consolidate my pension <laughs> from all the other jobs <laughs> I've had. <laughs> and I really must do that. Like, I'm 40 years old, it has to happen. So I have put a time block in my calendar of two hours to sit down and yeah. start my life out and do that. You know, so time blocking can be really helpful because it's not just like, oh, it's on the list and I'll get to it whenever I choose. It's like, no, I've put it in the calendar and it's happening on yeah, that day. Perfect. Um, I mean, after speaking to you, our even our listeners can, you know, feel the energy uh, in the air as well. I think <laughs> and this very morning, uh, you know, <laughs> when nobody wants to wake up. and uh, But certainly after speaking to you, uh, I, even I can feel the energy in the air and yeah. the vibe. So thank you so much for, you know, uh, giving us uh, the tips, you know, and the strategies to keep uh, or make our time um to use uh, use effectively thank you so much for joining us uh, may god bless your endeavors to in this journey and thank you uh, thank, thank you, so you much. for having Peace me on you thank you very much take care thank bye you. bye thank you so that was uh, my Todd, um a coach um you helps a woman live a life without uh, limits but now we are approaching to 8 o'clock news. Um, please do join us after the 8 o'clock news. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Um, now we will listen to an audio clip um, how to keep balance between our religion and the world. Um, as a young Muslim of the 90s, yeah, how do you achieve the right balance between religious fulfillment and social fulfillment, considering um, society... Religious today. and social what? Fulfillment. Fulfillment? Yeah. Now, this is uh, a question which needs to be defined further. Can you conceive of any religious fulfillment? I mean, like... The, can the, you conceive of any religious fulfillment which would be at odds with the requirements of social fulfillment? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Then point out. Then I'll answer. Okay. Um, like your daily prayers, for example. Huh? Daily prayers. Right. Okay, because you have to go to work, attend lectures. Uh, but this is not a social area. This is an area of economic activity of man. Okay. Right? Yeah. So if that is what you have in mind, then I'll answer this question directly. Okay. Otherwise, as long as the question remains vague, I will not be in a position to answer it uh, with any layer of rationality and understanding, right? Yeah. 
Let me attend this particular question which you raised now. Okay. You are expected to say your prayers five times a day, correct? And uh, who has created you? And who has made all the provisions of subsidence for you? Your employers or God? Tell me. God. Do you really believe in that? Yeah. Then, who has the priority? Even if God withdraws the blessing of water from a country for a while, even if the country is most advanced in the world, has all the means of modern power at its disposal, is absolutely helpless in creating water and meet the requirements at its own resources, by its own resources. What happened in England a month or two ago, there was a very severe doubt, and the British people are a very advanced people materially, yet uh, there was talk of what shall we do if no more water came from heaven? How will we meet this requirement? If they want to manufacture water of their own, the energy required for that and the expenditure needed for that would be far beyond the, all the resources of the British people. So this is what I mean. Just look at one single aspect of God's grace. Imagine the entire system of the lifting of water from the sea and its purification. The sea water is absolutely unfit for any, the usage of any animal except those which are made to live in, in sea water. Now, how could that water be purified through human efforts and how could that water be transferred to the heights of the Himalaya mountains and the heights of all the great mountains? Can you ever conceive of a system better than the one conceived by God and implemented? Forget about all the other means of providence. Just look at the most amazing and complicated system of the purification of water, lifting of it, and it's being carried to thousands of miles to such places where the temperature is kept at a very low level. So they are preserved there to meet the day-to-day -day need of man when there are no rains. Because if it rained continuously, then man would be deprived of his requirements of food. If it did not rain continuously, then if it was not put in a frozen reservoir on the top of the mountains, it would not be available at all. And amazing it is that the requirement of daily food are also directly related to this system of purification of water and transport of water because it is condensed through the influence of highly charged electrical, uh, no, let me say, under the influence of flow of electricity, highly charged with a very high potential, electricity from one phase to another, from positive to negative. As the potential of the electricity rises 
in the heaven, it rises to unimaginable heights. It rises sometimes to millions of volts. And the difference between one charged particle uh, cloud and the other uh, charged cloud is what creates these lightning strikes. And when this happens, many other things also happen. If it had not happened, first of all, water would not be condensed back to its form of water. It is through the electrical charge that the suspended colloidal particles of water in the air, which we call the clouds, they would not coagulate. So at the same time, as it is coagulated, under the influence of these high electrical charges, the manure needed for the growth of vegetation is created. In one day, throughout the world, through this electrical phenomenon, more manure, manuring or what you call this, artificial manure, like sulfates and ammonia, etc., you know, all the artificial manure, it is calculated that the manure, artificial manure, which is uh, uh, fertilizers, which are created in the entire industry on the globe in one year, cannot match the artificial man manure created in the heavens through electrical influences in one day. Without that, there will be no vegetative growth, no life left on earth. So what a fantastic thing to have happened. The flow in the direction of the mountain, then the water, the melting of the water now. This is also a very interesting phenomenon which has to be understood. Otherwise you will not know the importance of prayer, or worship, or expression of gratitude to the Creator. This is what is all important here in relation to your question. You know, if the water had gone on being collected and amassed on the mountain tops where the temperature never rises, say minus 30 or 20 or whatever it is, if it rises then it would not be frozen of course. The temperature remains constantly below zero. How would it melt? It requires a special law to be created. Now that law is only in relation to water and ice. According to this law of nature, which is specific for water and ice, under the pressure of the ice, the lowest surface, the temperature at the lowest surface which touches the soil goes on increasing. It is not equally distributed to the whole of the ice pack. Only the surface which touches the soil on the mountains that becomes so hot, not hot in an ordinary sense, but so hot as to be able to melt the, the ice closest to the surface. It goes on melting continuously at a regulated rate. Otherwise, if the heat was to be raised over the entire area of the mountains, then the whole ice would melt in one month or within, say, a month or so, 
and all the water would instead be of benefiting man would flood the whole earth. It had to be regulated and calculated so that continuously over the year the human requirements are met. Can you conceive of a better system? More well organized, more well planned by an authority which also has the command over the laws of nature. Otherwise, these special laws, if, were not, if they were not uh, created by God for this purpose, would never come into operation. But that's not all. There's another aspect which has to be understood. How is the electricity produced? That again is a very interesting thing. The electricity is produced because of a very specific law that when water evaporates, it automatically generates electricity. While it doesn't happen in other cases. Why must water create electricity? The surface it leaves has a negative electricity left behind and the surface, the, the vapors which rise, they have a specific electric charge. And this charge varies in different positions, in different parts of the ocean or the water surfaces. Its operation is well organized and well controlled so that the clouds which we see in the air are either negatively charged or positively charged. And the sum total is so balanced that when they come close to each other, they negate the, 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 uh, uh, the potential begins to flow from one side to the other. The resultant is zero. And by the time both the charges are zeroed, all the water in the hanging in the air becomes water again. And you are asking me this question. What should we do? Should we neglect the minimum we can do to recognize the grace of Allah and uh, prefer the worldly employers for what they pay us? For eight hours tiring service you are paid. But to God you can't go five times a day for only a few minutes. What justice is in that? Right? Thank you. My question is, what is Beloved Hazur's guidance for students who are newly married and completing their studies? How can one balance marriage life while studying at the same time? You see, why did you decide to get married? <laughs> huh? because, you, because, because you knew that you can discharge both these duties. Eh? If you had not known that uh, what are the responsibilities you are going to take, then you would not have married at this stage. Right? So, the thing is that uh, if you are a student, you are living with your parents. Right? You are totally relying on your parents. 
your parents are bearing the cost of your livelihood and your wives as well okay so first thing is that you should try to get married when you are earning your own income right and now since you are married and, stu- and student at the same time then you should your your focus should be on your studies first right complete your degree and whatever education you are trying to get so that ultimately you will have better position and better job to satisfy the demands of your wife so if your wife realizes that whatever time you are spending on studies is ultimately going to be for her betterment then she will give you time to, okay go and do studies but not that uh, you pretend that you are studying and watching something else and on sitting on the internet and doing this and that thing no right but at the same time on the weekends you can take your wife out for shopping or if not for shopping just outside walk and spend some time even during the day days at least one or two hours you spend with your wife or if not two hours at least one hour but uh, make it a point that your first preference is your studies at the same time and also at the same time make your wife realize that this is going to benefit both both of us huh right then i think they will not fight with you huh or she will not fight with you if if in particular huh precise you have to be precise then if you are married then she will not fight with you okay that was his holiness hazrat mirza masrur ahmad who was giving us advice how to keep a balance between our marriage life and our student life now we will listen to another clip by his holiness hazrat mirza masrur ahmad that um, how to keep a balance between our needs and what we want my question is in life how can we create a balance between need and want you don't know your preferences huh what do you, you truly need you need truly need is some clothing to cover yourself so if your parents are well off you can ask them to get you better, good clothing if they are well off they can get you good food otherwise the minimum thing is requirement is the food a human being should need and above that if you say that no i will not take whatever is cooked here in my house whether it is a vegetable or some dal or something and i would like to eat nandos otherwise i will not eat that is not good right is it there should be contentment in your heart right if you are contented that is the main thing that uh, one is your requirement for your body body nourishment 
your foot for to cover yourself your dress to get better education your schooling other than that if you say no i will not go to the public school or government school i will if i not get admission in private school i will not study that is not right if you demand something which is beyond the the, the capacity of your parents is wrong right so you have to be contented right now we will take a short break please do join us after the short break simplified answers to frequently asked questions what is the difference between ahmadi muslims and non ahmadi muslims this needs a very lengthy answer but briefly the main difference is in the belief concerning the advent of the imam mahdi the prophet messiah and the reformer of the latter days non ahmadi muslims expect that he will be sent by god in fulfillment of the prophecies of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and are waiting for his advent on the other hand ahmadi muslims believe this is advent has already taken place and that the prophecies were fulfilled in the person of hazrat mirza ghulam ahmad of qadian alayhi salam who also claimed that his advent fulfilled the prophecies that were mentioned in the scriptures of different religions about the coming of a reformer in the latter days the followers of these religions including non-ahmadi muslims are still waiting for his advent as for ahmadi muslims as a result of believing that his advent has already taken place they enjoy many blessings that other muslims are deprived of for example ahmadi muslims enjoy the institution of khilafat which means that they are all united under one leadership and are escorted by a guided spiritual leader while other muslims remain divided and they disagree amongst themselves concerning many issues also ahmadi muslims follow the true teaching of islam as a result of following the teachings of the reformer of the age the very important difference between the two is that ahmadi muslims believe in a living god whose attributes remain the same at all times while other muslims believe that some of his attributes have become idol for example his speech with his sincere servants they think that he used to speak in the past but for some reason at the present time he has stopped communicating with his servants through revelations writings of the promised messiah alayhisalam he is wonderfully omnipotent and marvelous are his holy powers while on the one hand he allows ignorant opponents to attack his friends like dogs on the other hand he commands the angels to serve them in the same way when his wrath comes upon the world and his anger surges against the wrongdoers god watches over and protects his chosen ones were it not so the entire mission of the people of god would end in disarray and no one would be able to recognize them his powers are infinite but they are revealed to people in proportion to their belief those who are blessed with certainty and love and sever all ties for him and have broken free from selfish habits it is for their sake that miracles are shown god does what he wills but he chooses to demonstrate his miraculous powers only to those who break from their ill habits for his sake in this day and age there are very few people who know him and believe in his extraordinary powers in this season of hope faith and new beginnings let's focus on self reflection 
improvement and doing good deeds. God says in the Holy Quran, They will say, Our Lord, perfect our light for us and forgive us. Surely thou hast power over all things. Chapter 66 verse 9 Our light can shine by showing kindness, love and support to the people around us. The Holy Prophet of Islam, peace be upon him, said that the best of you are those who have the best character, Bukhari and Muslim. Let's try our best to improve our character and let our light shine. On behalf of the Voice of Islam Radio, we extend our best wishes to all our friends and listeners. May God bless you all. Amen. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. A new station, the Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the Voice of Islam. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Um, welcome back to the breakfast show on Voice of Islam Radio. Before the break, we were uh, discussing um, how to keep a balance in our daily life. And we also played some uh, audio clips by His Holiness, um, Hazrat Mr. Ahmad, and also by His Holiness, um, Hazrat Mr. Tahir Ahmad. And uh, now, we, if we look back uh, into the examples of um, the life of the companions of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, or either or the life of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him himself, we find many um, or ample examples um, regarding this subject. Um, for example, um, there is an example that uh, once. The companion of the Holy Prophet, Hazrat uh, Usman bin uh, Mazun, uh, used to fast during the day and worship all night. And I think that's a very beautiful example um, uh, which we have in history. And um, he used to fast during the day and worship um, um, during the and worship during the day. Upon this, um, the Holy Prophet, um, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, went to see him and said that, Am I not a model for you to follow? Uh, Usman um, replied that, um, Yes, you are uh, our beloved Prophet. So, um, <clears throat> he said that, you know, um, our beloved Prophet, I used to uh, try to follow your path, follow your example. The Holy Prophet uh, replied that Jew fast uh, during the day and worship all night. Hazrat Usman, that he, you know, replied in uh, affirmative. And upon this, the Holy Prophet uh, instructed him that not to do so, and said, "Your eyes have a right over you. Your body has a right over you, and your family has a right over you. And same goes with your wife and your children has a right over you." Therefore, you may pray indeed, but it is also important to sleep. One should awake in the night or to offer their voluntary prayers, but it is also, you know, important to sleep as well. 
and if you keep voluntary fast then you should not keep them consecutively but you should have intervals between the fast so it's really important you know boys that you know do you have a due right on you on um, by your relatives mm -hmm. by your society as well and you should give those rights to you to yourself to your family and to the to the people who are around you and that's really important to maintain a very balanced life yes indeed you're right and um you you know and 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 um as you mentioned that the the tahajjud prayer the 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 prayer of the the, the night the early morning yeah um even in regards to that the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him he said that you know try to develop regularity in 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 that in the tahajjud prayer mm. as it's an act of of the pious and the virtuous um you know this will help you gain uh, allah's love and its habit will prevent you from from wrong doings you know mm. um it'll help you erase your your sins and and also protect you from uh, physical illnesses so i wanted to mention that in regards to what you mentioned certainly yeah obviously as you know that um, our body has a very direct relation to our spirituality and if we keep our spirituality up to date and we look after our spirituality it as the promised messiah um, peace be on on him has also you know um, said this in into his books that um both things the spirituality and the physicality of one of a person impacts each other so we need to look after the soul of each each one the soul of our um, spirituality and our physicality Indeed. as well Indeed. and uh, must do you have anything else for this segment well um i also wanted to mention that his holiness hazrat mirza masrur ahmed you know um he said that allah the almighty um has stated that true peace of mind cannot be attained through worldly freedom or by partaking in the in the meaningless attractions of the world rather it can only be achieved through the nearness of allah the almighty and keeping him in your heart and mind at all times i mean that's a very valid point you have mentioned here i mean if you look at this point deeply um you can see that allah is the source of um, peace so when you quench your thirst um from that very fountain and remember allah obviously you will find peace within yourself indeed and once you find that peace within yourself then as a result you will you know spread the peace um at a wider range as well uh, within the society hmm. and i think that's a very key point um which uh, we need to understand especially in this day and age when there is a lot going on here and there uh, for example um the israel and palestine conflict uh, russia and uh ukraine conflict so we need to keep this uh, in our mind and that first we need to uh, be at peace within ourselves and that we can do by remembering allah almighty who is the uh, source of peace mm -hmm. so with this we will end our first segment and after a short break we'll delve into our second segment which is regarding philosophy on the plate islamic wisdom meets food for thought on food Please do join us after the break. Talab al-ilm faridatun ala kulli muslim wa muslima. Acquisition of knowledge is obligatory upon every muslim man and woman. Allah. 
to the Voice of Islam Radio. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious ever merciful. Dear listeners, we are now continuing with segment two, which is philosophy on the plate. Islamic wisdom meets food for thought on food. Um, now, the Worldwide Food Service Safety Month is observed in December and while it focuses on keeping food prepared in the, in the service industry safe, uh, it also serves to remind us at home to ensure that we are doing the right things, um, you know, to make sure what we eat stays free of risks. Companies that make meals for um, hungry Customers are subject to some uh, rigorous text, tests and trials to ensure that any dishes they create for a sale are of uh, an especially high hygiene standard. The food service industry is a huge business with up to 77% of food service sales coming from fast food and full service restaurants in 2010 worldwide. You will usually hear of food service businesses selling wholesale food to businesses as big as McDonald's, but plenty of them create single ready meals well, uh, um, direct for customers to use. Um, at the moment, we are just going to continue with um, one of our guests, our guest, our first guest for this segment, uh, who is... Um, Holly Shaw. Holly Shaw works in an advisory capacity as a nurse for Allergy UK, the national patient organization supporting, advising and advocating for everyone living with allergies. Her professional interests include uh, paediatric food allergy, education and knowledge translation. Holly has international nursing, uh, nursing experience having worked in Australia in population health research on the Health Nuts study at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute in Melbourne. She is a member of the BSACI and is actively interested in raising the profile on the impact of allergy. Holly, good morning and uh, assalamu alaikum. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. <laughs> good morning, salam alaikum and thank you for such a warm welcome. Well, without any further ado, can you start by defining allergy and um, anaphylaxis as well as explain how its dietary requirements differ from others? Yeah, it's really important to understand how a food allergy um, is very different from 
other adverse reactions that can happen when a person eats a certain type of food. So there's lots of different reasons why a food won't agree with an individual. And, and this might include um, an overconsumption, so basically eating too much of the food and overindulgence. It might be because um, that person has an intolerance to that food. It might be because that food um, is contaminated with bacteria or toxins and that person gets food poisoning from it. But in the case of food allergy, it's the body's immune system that has a problem with the food. So the immune system becomes mistaken, it becomes confused, and it identifies a particular food or allergen as problematic, and it mounts an immune response, so an internal um, response to that particular food. And it means that for that person, that individual, that they cannot eat that food and this is very different to other types of adverse reactions it's very serious and some people can have what we call an anaphylactic reaction which is the most severe form of an allergic reaction this is less common than mild to moderate allergic reactions but it's a real concern and one that we should take very seriously mm. right and what issues might allergy um, sufferers encounter uh, in a etrio? And what do you uh, do? You have any uh, an anecdotes? Sorry, could you just repeat the first part of the question? Yeah. So, what issues might uh, allergy uh, sufferers? You know, what what might they encounter? So, ha living with allergies um, is quite a complex condition to live with because. Food is part of everyday life and for those of us that can eat a wide diet and not have to be concerned about the safety of our food, we can go about daily life without too many worries. But if you have a food allergy, you really do have to constantly, on a daily basis, risk assess every food that you eat, every meal that you prepare. When you're in the supermarket, you need to pay attention to ingredients labels. When you go out to a restaurant, you need to um, be able to read a menu and, and see what ingredients are in a particular dish in order to make safe food choices. People constantly live in, live in fear if they have a food allergy of accidentally being exposed to the food that they're allergic to. Mm. So there is a big psychological burden as well as the physical element of trying to keep safe and not having an allergic reaction. Right. And in regards to this, what are, you know, caterers, what are they legally required to do? So the food industry um, it is really big, as you've mentioned, and there's lots of different um, food business operators that are required by law, and, and there's several different laws that they have to adhere to, and some of those, unfortunately, have come about on the background of um, unfortunate um, cases where people have been exposed to their food allergen. And as a result of that, have had a fatal anaphylaxis. Mm. And this is incredibly rare. We only see around 10 cases of, of um, food-related fatal anaphylaxis a year in the UK. But for those families and those lives that are infected by that, that's absolutely huge. And it's part of why Allergy UK launched its It's Time campaign last year to raise awareness, to have these conversations and to encourage a population-wide conversation around allergies and, and wanting to 
make people take allergies seriously because mm. the consequences are very real. Right. And what steps can can the the allergic person, you know, what can they take themselves when eating out then? Obviously, you've mentioned that they, they do need to be more careful as well. Absolutely. So for most people living day to day with allergies, they're very good at how to manage this within the home. They have their own you know, ways of managing foods, mm. keeping their own food separate, um, preparing foods in a certain way and cooking them. But going outside of the home requires a great deal of um, trust and confidence within a food business organization. So I think the most important thing um, is good, clear communication from, from taking foot inside of a restaurant, a cafe, stepping up to wherever you're purchasing your food from and, and expressing that you have a food allergy and telling very clearly what, what that means and, and what that particular food or what all food groups are because some people have what we call multiple food allergies. Mm. So just being clear about what your food allergy is, but checking at other stages as well, checking when your meal arrives, but just, you know, that good communication between the server, between the manager. Most food businesses now have very robust regulations in place. They have systems to ensure that customers are asked if they have an allergy or intolerance before they're even seated at a table. So there are very robust procedures in, in place, but it does rely on that good level of communication. And that has to be throughout the whole process. From when the customer arrives in the restaurant, right through to the ordering process, when that order's taken back to the kitchen, and when that food um, is brought back to the customer. Mm. And would you advise that um, people get an intolerance test to, to be able to see what they're allergic to and what? foods their body reacts to? So I'm just going to just pick up on a, a word you mentioned there, and that was intolerance. And I just want to point out to your listeners that having an intolerance is very different to having a food allergy. Right. So with a, with a food intolerance, people um, may have very unpleasant gastro um, symptoms, such as the gut but it's very different to an immune-related response or a food allergy. So whether you have a food allergy or food intolerance, if, if you originally suspect that that's the case, and for most people they would develop these in childhood, but there is the possibility of developing a food allergy or intolerance in adult life. So in the first instance, a conversation with your GP or family doctor mm. to determine if it if it is indeed a food that's causing a problem. And then from there, your healthcare professional would be able to guide you. What I wouldn't want your listeners to do is to go onto the World Wide Web and to be looking at food um, testing and, and things because it's not always appropriate depending on the individual case. And that's where patient organisations like Allergy UK can support people. We can give advice on particular um, questions that members of the public may have with regards to food allergies. So if people do want to um, contact us, they're, they're very welcome to do so and we can help them with their questions. Perfect. And finally, how may our listeners, you know, how may they help in, in your endeavours? So I think it's really important um, for everybody to be allergy aware, for us to understand the consequences and the difficulties of living with allergy and to be good support network to those that live with allergies. Allergies isn't um, 
something that affects a certain um, type of person. It affects people throughout all walks of life. So increased awareness, increased kindness and understanding around allergies is really, really important. And lots of amazing information available on allergyuk.org website. So if you have a particular family member with, a, for example, a, a milk allergy or an egg allergy, you might want to learn a little bit more about what that means. Mm. Visit the website, have a look. If you've got questions, pick up the phone, call our helpline. Perfect, perfect. Um, thank you very much, Holly. Thank you for for being here with us this morning and joining us on the breakfast show. Um, and may may uh, God Almighty help you in all your endeavors as well. Um, thank you very much, and we hope to hearing from you soon. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Shukran. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. So that was um, our guest Holly Shaw, who works uh, in an advisory capacity as a nurse for Allergy UK. Danielle, um, <clears throat> coming on with um, our subject of the segment, yep. um, you know, it's, it's very important to understand that we, we, uh, yeah, we kind of need to understand our body as well. Exactly. It's really, it's exactly. really important as, you know, our orchestra was mentioning about different uh, allergies as well that for example some people have uh, allergies to some nuts or milk and i think um, this uh, specific thing has been um, mentioned in the holy quran as well that where Allah Almighty says that um, um, that we should eat halal and tayyib i mean what does it mean by halal and tayyib so <clears throat> it means that you should eat um which is halal and tayyib that um tayyib means that um which is lawful yeah yeah which is good for your own um health and which is benefit uh, beneficial for your own health so tayyibin tayyibin you know varies from a person to person hmm. for example if um, there's a thing, for example, and nuts, take example of nuts. Yeah. If it is good for you, but can't be good for me, can be I can be allergic, be allergic to, to nuts. Yeah. yeah. So it varies from the um, person to person. So that's why Allah Almighty has said in the Holy Quran, not only halal, it should be halal, rather it should be tayyiban as well. So we need to keep this in our mind as well. So, you know, uh, it should be good for our own, our own health, and um, yeah. and obviously at the same time uh, there are a few um, ways that we can observe and and and, and ways we can actually um, mm -hmm. protect ourselves. Is that when preparing food, um, a large amount of of considerations, you know, they need to be made. Mm. Um, and this month is actually the perfect opportunity to learn. Uh, whether you prepare food, you know, inside the home, or mm. or you you work making food in a restaurant or diner, so foods such as chicken and fish uh, often require being cooked mm. to a certain temperature before they are able to be served. Yeah, this prevents the risk of of any bacteria surviving on the food that might make a person ill. Mm. In fact, since that's a great way to to prevent illnesses, um, yeah. like the common cold. <clears throat> 
um, you know, you should you should have a bottle of hand sanitizer, you know, in your in 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 your bag in your pocket, mm. and and always keep a habit of cleaning your hands as well, because that's what we are taught in Islam that before we start to eat food, yeah. we should always wash our hands. So if at a point where you're not able to go wash your hands, yeah. you can use some sanitizer, and it will it will work and act in the same manner. I mean, even you just look at the example of um, prayers, five daily prayers, yeah. Uh, we are told to, you know, um, rinse our hands, our mouth, our um, arms and foot. And this specific purpose is, I uh, think, is for the purpose of uh, cleanliness. And it is in, in Islam that we are told that Islam is, um, sorry, apology, that cleanliness is half of faith. Yeah. And that's a statement given to us by uh, the holy prophet may peace and blessings Allah be upon him that's you know you know if uh, you see that muslims try to <clears throat> um keep this practice uh, into their daily life uh, so that you know um, not only physically but also spiritually uh, they try to get the highest standards hmm. yeah and uh, because as uh, you know mentioned before that uh, spirituality has a direct relation to our uh, physical body uh, how it acts um, and and in the same way um, yeah. I, I, I believe that like we're taught um, you know Islam is a, is, a, is, a, is a religion that, that teaches us um, how to be clean as well yeah. so we are taught that we should allocate one hand for mm. the clean deeds and, and, and the other hand for um, you know after after cleaning <clears throat> uh, after relieving oneself yeah. So that's how you should um, allocate one hand for one job, and you obviously keep washing your hands as well at the same time. And this will save you from different types of um, diseases as well in the future. Mm, yeah, certainly. And you know, um, uh, there's a quote from um, the Promised Messiah, peace be on him, uh, in in his book, the Islamic uh, the the philosophy of the teachings of Islam. He says that. Experience also shows that different types of food uh, affect the intellect and the mind in different ways. For instance, um, careful observation would disclose that people who refrain altogether from eating meat um, gradually suffer a decline of the faculty of bravery. Uh, they, they, lose, uh, they lose courage and thus suffer the loss of a divinely bestowed um, praiseworthy faculty. This is reinforced by the evidence of the divine law of nature that the herbivorous animals do not possess the same degree of courage as uh, do carnivorous ones. The same applies to birds. <clears throat> Thus, there is no doubt that morals are affected by food. Conversely, those who are given to a diet consisting mainly of meat and eat very little of greens suffer a decline of meekness and humility. Those who adopt the middle course develop both types of moral qualities. That is why Allah the Almighty has said in the Holy Quran, Kulu washrabu wala tusrifu, that is to say, you know, eat meat and other foods, but do not eat anything to excess, lest your moral um, state be adversely affected and your health might suffer so now in the very i, th I think he has put um, this the whole scenario uh, the whole narration very beautifully uh, and in few words mm. that we need to keep a balance between what we eat 
and um, you, you know that because that affect our body yeah. our mind our spirituality and as being a muslim <coughs> sorry apologies <coughs> and as being a muslim uh, and uh, it is our duty to not only look after our uh, our physical body but also our spiritual body as well and that's why it's really important yeah, to definitely. keep in mind yeah and you know it's important to to take care uh coming back to how you said that the we should eat from the halal and the tayyib right yeah. from the from the pure and the clean um you know it's a fact that hepatitis a virus can also be transmitted by food yeah and it can cause you know lang uh, lo- long lasting liver disease and and which can uh, typically spread through raw or un- uh, undercooked seafood mm. um or contaminated uh, raw produce right so it's important that um we we are making sure that we're eating pure foods as well mm. and other parasites um you know they can enter the food chain via water uh, or soil and they can contaminate uh, uh fresh produce mm. and the, fir- the you know the burden of of foodborne diseases um they the the to to the public health um and to eco- economies it's often been underestimated due to underreporting and difficulty to establish casual relationships between food contamination and resulting illness or or death the 2015 who report on the estimates of the global burden of foodborne diseases presented the first ever estimates of disease burden caused by 31 foodborne agents you know bacteria viruses parasites toxins and chemicals um at global and sub-regional level heighting more than uh, 600 million cases of foodborne illnesses and 420,000 deaths uh, could occur in a year so the, the 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 burden of foodborne diseases um falls uh, on groups in in vulnerable situations and especially on children under 5 with the highest burden in low and middle income countries and the, the 2019 world bank report on the economic burden of the foodborne disease indicated that the total productivity loss associated with foodborne disease in low and middle income countries was estimated at 95.2 US billion dollar per year and the annual cost of treating foodborne illnesses is estimated at 15 billion um us dollars so um you know these these figures and makers realize that we may be taking um you know whatever we have to eat daniel maybe is leftover food from two nights before or a week before sometimes that's what happens mm-hmm. we take these things um and we don't think about it twice before we actually consume food properly mm. that's why it's always important to to um make sure what we are eating is 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 clean as well yeah. uh, not too old uh, maybe sometimes you can't see if, if something has gone bad sometimes it doesn't cause a smell but there are bacteria and yeah. germs which are being born within i mean if you look um sometimes you know look at the food if you look at the food that it can be clean but the thing is nowadays there are so many pesticides which are being sprayed on the food yeah and you you know mentioned uh, foodborne 
and um, the disease is spread by the contaminated food or, or the vegetables uh, we need to uh, look at this point to bear this point in our minds as well that we should clean uh, the food with water especially because yeah like i think it's a normal routine i don't know for you guys as I well i don't think everybody does it but it, i've seen many people yeah yeah i mean even if you pick up any fruit from little or somewhere you yeah. you bring it home you 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 want to wash it you want to rinse it before you do anything else but uh i've seen many examples right. yeah for example there's one example i never used to do it before if i take a can of any for example pepsi coca coca-cola or um any other brand yeah yeah so what happens is that i think there's a lot of dust on the yeah, top yeah yeah and nobody cleans it and everybody drinks with their mouth <sighs> yeah I, i've seen that so many times and i yeah i get the ick from it so i i i know i always clean it either with a uh, with water or at least with tissue yeah so uh, many many people doesn't so we need to you know every time we are going to eat anything any food any you know drink any 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 can we need to um bear this in mind that the thing which we are eating going to eat or drink is clean enough but um and it's these small little things isn't it is yeah. these little things that we don't realize um once we once we start acting on these things we will be looking after ourselves and will will be will be uh teaching the future generations as well um from our act and mm. and that is how children learn they learn from seeing what the elders are doing and how they're doing so so once we put a habit into ourselves mm. we'll be securing our future generations to come as well i mean although um apparently these things look very little or um very small but they matter they matter the most i mean in this day and age when um every second person is going through some disease or illness we need to keep this in mind that this um little things and these little things impacts our our health as well but we are getting towards the end of the show and um i will i would like to say that uh, i would like to thank my co-host mumbai zamini and uh, our producer maliha mahmood our researchers um kashfa manahal uh, ariba maliha komal nuzat and um, maliha mahmood and also our tech team as well you know who worked really hard behind the curtains and please do join us um tomorrow uh, for the breakfast show uh, we will uh, our other guest will come to uh with some exciting topics which are working through the web web anxiety and depression can wave new years uh new me what did 2023 uh teach us of the pros and cons of weight loss drug these are the topics tomorrow you could um uh, you know come and listen to very exciting topics uh would say um obviously and but with this we are ending uh today's show um and uh, please do join and for the do join tune in for the breakfast show tomorrow uh with this um assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh may peace and blessings of allah be upon you all